0: This podcast is brought to you by ideate and execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise ideate massively valuable new products or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Think Future podcast. I'm your host, Chris Kalaboukas, and once again, we're coming at you live from deep, deep, deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California, the innovation capital of the world. We're talking innovation, startups, the future. Not necessarily those, and not necessarily in that order. Show number 103. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about. The mindset that you need to innovate. Now, I founded startups. I've worked at small companies, worked at huge companies, and I've worked at medium sized companies. Some may even say that I have an interesting background. When you talk to the senior management of any of these companies, no matter the size, and you ask them to define innovation or ask where it comes from, you'll get many different answers. Many of them point to incremental innovation, small changes, little bets, improving their products, making them better. Well, that's always good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Incremental innovation will not save your company nor will it kill it. Incremental innovation is safe. Let's put that aside for a moment, because I'd argue that it's not really innovation at all, since everyone is already incrementally innovative. Everyone, right? I mean, seriously, who says we're not going to make small improvements to our product to make it better? No one. That's table stakes table stakes are I'm going to continuously improve my product, my services my business model in small changes to make it better I mean some may be same may be may argue that that's where Apple is today Apple is in the incremental innovation business they have basically taken what they destructively built at the very beginning back in 2008. Eight years ago, when they first launched the iPhone, and they have made incremental improvements. No one says, I'm not going to make incremental improvements to my product. Well, some people do, I guess, a very, very few people do, but I can't imagine. Huh, I guess those people who say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Incremental innovation, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't count since everyone is always going to want to make improvements to their product to make it better, right? And then other people go back to Clayton Christensen's innovators dilemma. Unless you disrupt yourself, someone is going to disrupt you. Innovation is disruption. And it always comes from without unless you let it, help it and encourage it to come from within. Disruption will kill your company, because a competitor, likely even from some other industry you may have never even thought of, comes along and can service your customers far better than you can at a much better price. Where's loyalty? Your customers will leave you, and you won't even be able to respond because it may even be too late. So to combat this, you can and should disrupt yourself you should look at eventually replacing your current business, all of your current business with something new, which may eventually replace your entire company. How do you disrupt yourself? Where does this innovation come from? Of course, with most disruptive types of innovation, there's plenty of resistance. I mean, one of my colleagues who I work with at Yahoo, who wrote the excellent book, Exponential Organizations, calls it the internal corporate immune system. Really, really apt as a description. Some companies really do treat innovation as a disease or a virus that tries to infect the company. Innovation starts to infect the company. The company starts thinking about or the employees start thinking about new products, new services, new ways of doing business, new ways of selling, new ways of servicing. And the immune system says, no, we're we're not going to do that. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to shut this thing down because it will disrupt our current business. And then some companies seem less innovative because they're older, bigger, or in specific verticals, where innovation lags, like financial services, healthcare, manufacturing maybe. But if you ask me None of that matters. Age of the company doesn't matter. Size of the company doesn't matter. Vertical that the company is in doesn't matter. What matters is open mind. Innovation, disruption comes from open mind. One of my pet projects is ageism. You hear about ageism happening all over, but it seems to be the last remaining prejudice that people don't really care about. You'll never see people marching in the streets against ageism. Racism? Absolutely. Sexism? Definitely. But ageism? Hardly. What's the difference between a younger person and an older person? What is the specific thing that people have issues with when somebody gets older? If you ask me, the top reason people believe someone is too old is how of open mind they are. Why is it that some people feel that younger companies and younger people are more open to innovation and new ideas? Their mind is open to new connections, new data and serendipity. Older in many people's minds means not open, not open to new connections, new data, serendipity, and in a lot of cases, risk. In reality, for a person, age has nothing to do with it. There are plenty of younger people with not open mind, and there are plenty of older ones with open mind. Your age has nothing to do with your ability to be of open mind. This is one of the reasons that small, young companies seem to be more innovative and nimble, agile, lean, fast, and disrupt themselves. They're happy to do it, they welcome disruptive innovation. Pivoting is no big deal to them. In fact, the better and faster they pivot, the more chances they have to stay alive. They're open to the idea of doing something slightly to completely different in order to better serve their customers. In fact, most of them are based on disruptive innovation to the status quo. Look at Uber and Airbnb and even Zappos. They haven't only embraced disruptive innovation. They were the epitome of disruptive innovation. When you take a disruptive concept to certain companies, you may hear the following, oh, that is way too disruptive for us. There's no way we could possibly do that. This is not open mind. Innovation cannot take root there. For example, take the Airbnb model, which you could argue is I rent out my spare room to anyone properly vetted by the crowd and apply it to say financial services. I rent out my spare cash to anyone properly vetted to the crowd. Probably too disruptive for a bank, right? But if the bank doesn't do it, somebody else will Venmo, Stripe, PayPal, take the same idea and go to a large technology company instead. I mean, there's no reason why you can't take this idea to a technology company, it's not necessarily a financial services idea. A technology company could do it as well. Google could do it. Yahoo could do it. Facebook could do it. You might get the same answer. For some reason, generally, larger and older a company gets, the more rules and processes are in place, the more jobs depend on keeping the status quo as it is, the less disruption you will see, the more closed mind it is. Just like a human can be of closed mind, so can a company through its leaders, through its people. As I mentioned, more rules, people, and process layers on, more and more arteries of the company harden, and you eventually end up with atherosclerosis. In a bad enough case, there's nothing you can do, and the patient dies. In fact, some of these companies are already dead. They just don't know it yet. There are plenty of companies out there who've basically decided they are not innovators. They are not of open mind. They're going to play it safe. Those are the ones that eventually are going to die out. It's proven. So you have to make that choice. You have to make that conscious decision. Do we want to be innovators or not? Do we want to disrupt ourselves or not? It's got nothing to do with the size of the company. It's got nothing to do with the vertical that it's in. It's got nothing to do with any of those things. The key thing is the mindset of the senior management, the mindset of the employees, the mindset of the company. If you have an innovative mindset, then you will innovate. If you have a disruption mindset, then you will disrupt. If you are open to disruption, if you are open to new things, then you will innovate. If you are happy to see your own business disrupted and destroyed by new things that you developed, then you will innovate. If you don't, then you won't. It's as simple as that. Now, others will come to you with some kind of magic incantation or formula. They'll say, there's five phases of innovation of this or that the reality is you don't need five phases you don't need ten steps you don't need seven points you don't need any of those things you just need open mind you need to create the environment to allow innovation to allow disruption to foster innovation you have to let your employees think out of the box let them have a safe place where they can innovate discuss talk Come up with new ideas, and then build them. That's it for me for today. See you next time, and until then, don't forget to think future.